0: Hello one and all, the Brown here from the Sports and the World Podcast. To listen to this episode and every episode of the Sports and the World Podcast, check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Without further ado, listen to this week's episode of the Sports and the World Podcast. Enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us. And how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And, you know, well, Chris, it's upon us. Super Bowl weekend. We're days away. Biggest game of the year. You know, I think, you know, we thought all the games weren't going to be played. You know, literally this season was the only season in NFL history where we had NFL every single day of the week, but we got there. And arguably you can make the case that, you know, we got, you know, two of the best, you know, most teams predicted this type of Super Bowl, you know, this matchup. So so how are you doing, man? How are you doing on this Super Bowl weekend and otherwise? I'm
1: good, man. I'm hyped. You know, uh, I think I said it a few episodes ago. Um I think it was right before postseason even started that I was I was shocked we made it that far. Um, you know the the deck was definitely stacked against the players and and the NFL as an entire organization with everything COVID related and uh, the fact we made it here and we even and and now we're at the uh, the end of the line. Um, we can kind of put this shit show of a season behind us and uh, you know kind of just get get the final uh, the final deal here. I'm excited. I I definitely uh, I at least got one of the teams predicted in the Super
0: Bowl. Yeah, I th- I think we both did. I think we were both like, okay, the Chiefs are going to make it. Like we, I think we were both fairly confident. The NFC was was tricky for both of us, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I know I caught some flack on a lot of sides with uh, with Tampa Bay and me saying that they completely have the opportunity to to do it, and a lot of people are like, nah, no way in hell. They're not going to beat this team. They're not going to beat that team. And then you know they 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 slide into the playoffs. Uh, you know get get in through the first round, play Green Bay, and uh, did exactly what I said they would do. And uh, you know now they're playing Kansas City. They're they're playing a team that's equally as aggressive on offense, and they're and and now I think I think the the. The the meta factor is going to be Tampa Bay's defense. If they play like they did all season, there Patrick Mahomes and and company is going to be in for a very very rough time. I think uh, I, I think with Tampa's you know whether they play you know cover two uh, or, or or go man whatever Todd Bowles has up a sleeve, uh, he's a defensive mastermind. I know right now the uh, the odds uh, in case anyone. So this is as of uh, as of Friday, right around you know we're, we're recording, right around like 3 p.m. Uh, we're looking right now. The spread is is uh, negative three for the Chiefs with an over under of 56. So if you uh, you got a little bit of an itch to put some money down, that's the safe bet apparently. But at the same time, I think Tampa Bay could pull this off. I, I 100, I think it boils down to, to defensive tactics. And, uh, I, I think that Tampa has that, that stellar defense, not that Kansas city doesn't, but I think that Tampa Bay just has that extra own fun defense. And I think they showed that all season. Um, you know, they did have some rough games or, you know, we're, we're definitely not going to, uh, uh, argue that point but at the same time uh you know they they won when they needed to and they won in the important games and uh i think with with tom brady at the helm as much shit as i've i've talked about him on on this podcast or just over the years i, I have a feeling that i'm definitely going to be eating eating some crow here and if he if he can go and and do what essentially no one else has done and just win multiple Super Bowls and go to a different organization and win another Super Bowl that speaks volumes for him on who he is as, as a professional athlete in the NFL and as a leader on the field and and so on and so forth. And, uh, I, I I'm excited. This is definitely like a cosmic battle of age and wisdom versus youth and athleticism uh, with, 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 with Mahomes and Brady and on their respective teams is, you know, Kansas City is definitely the the younger team. Uh, Tampa Bay is is kind of the patriarch of between the two. They got a lot of players that have been in the league for multiple years, and you, you look at both how they how they stack up against each other. They've got their weapons on on offense, at defense. They've got two, arguably two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, getting ready to square off. And uh, I am I am very excited. For this game I, I I really, really am
0: and you know, Chris, so am I and, and you and you mentioned the quarterbacks and and I guess we'll start there, and you know we'll work our way back you know at the end with our predictions, but I want to start with the quarterback matchup. if you think about the last couple of recent super Bowls, I, I could argue, Chris, that this is arguably the best quarterback matchup we've had in in, in a while because like you say, it's age. Versus, you know, youth. But I also used, you know, the concept of the future versus, you know, the present versus the future. What you're seeing right now, Chris, is Tom Brady and what he's done at his age. And and I wrote an article for the podcast last week, and I'll repost it, you know, once again before the Super Bowl. Is that what he's doing, Chris? It's like he could go into the Super Bowl, Chris. And he could win seven Super Bowls, Chris. Scary. Scary. And, and I and think about it, Chris. This is the Super Bowl 50, at least it's 55, I believe. Or the Super yep. Bowl 55. Chris, he's played in 10. If you do the map, Chris, he's almost played in about 10% of the Super Bowls. Over that. I said a Super Bowl has featured Tom Brady 10 times out of 55 years. And it may not seem like a lot, Chris, but when you look at the number of players who played in this league and a lot of guys who don't even get there, he got there 10 times. He's kind of like the Meryl Streep of, of that, where Meryl Streep used to get got all the Oscars. Now, she got nominated. She's the most, I think, the most nominated actress in, in Oscar history. She's been nominated like 20 times, over 20 times. That's, that's who Tom Brady is. Because just like a Meryl Streep is to to acting is what Tom Brady's the football. It's just that you can make the cake that they're the GOATs at what they do. And I was having a conversation in a store, you know, with someone. And, you know, we talk about Tom Brady's the GOAT because of championships, which most, 9 out of 10, that's what the sports defined it, is how many championships can you win? Now, that doesn't mean that, for example, that maybe because DeMarino got to one and Dan Fouts, you know, didn't, got to one and didn't it doesn't mean that they're terrible quarterbacks, Chris. It just goes to show you how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl. It's especially when you're a quarterback. Because I think we argued, you know, I think we argued about like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, at his age, Chris, he may never get to another Super Bowl. And and that's hard to believe. That's how hard it is to get there. And on the other side, you look at Patrick Mahomes. Who right now, Chris, is like 26, and this guy could. And listen, he's already he 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 has the chance to win back-to-back Super Bowls, and he's 26 years old, and he has the chance to be the youngest quarterback to do that since some guy named Tom Brady did to win two Super Bowls. <laughs> the youngest to have two Super Bowls.
1: It's so, it's definitely it's it's an interesting uh, climatic experience, uh, you know, with this. Like you said, I mean, he he could essentially be the Tom Brady of the future, uh, as, as, you know, and it, it's just the the level of athleticism, number one, it takes just to make it to the NFL. And then of course, you know, not only, so as a quarterback, you know, you're only in charge of one side of the ball, you know, other sports, you know, like baseball and in basketball, you know, we, we bring them all up a lot, um, you know, to be a, a national title winning basketball organization you you've got a core group of guys you know you look at the pistons the bulls the lakers the celtics the miami heat um you know you essentially got you got five guys on the court and you're playing both sides of the ball offense and defense so you can kind of dictate you know as, as as much ball busting as i do uh with lebron um you know he he plays both sides of the court you know uh, you can control the kind of control the narrative, I guess you can say in baseball, it's the same thing, you know, uh, any great organization, the Yanks, the Sox, the Dodgers, whoever, uh, you know, you're, you're playing nine innings on both sides of the ball. You're in the box and you're, you're, you know, uh, at your designated position. You know, you look at Jeter, for example. He's going to give you nine innings. He's going to step inside the batter's box. He's going to, you know, get you on the field, get you RBIs, get get on base to allow the sluggers to come up and drive him in. And then you have, uh, you know, on the opposite side, you got him playing shortstop, essentially calling the defense. You know, as a quarterback, you don't get that opportunity. You have to rely on a separate set of men to just get you to win a game. I mean, if if you're a quarterback and you put 60 points up and your defense allows the other team to put 61 up, they don't look at you and be like, damn, he's a good quarterback. He threw for five touchdowns. They say, damn, the Jets lost, you know, or whatever. Not that we could score 60 points, but, you know, just saying. Uh, (laughs) You know, but, you know, the fact that, like you said, you know, there's 55 Super Bowls and Tom Brady's played in 10 of them. Uh, Rough math, that's what? 16 percent of the total super bowls you know give or take i don't even have a calculator in front of me i'm just trying to do some quick uh division in my head um it's it's just amazing the fact that he can do that and then you know patrick mahomes is is almost essentially following in his footsteps now and you know the good thing is we're able to see the league not kind of have that dead space where it can go from one legacy immediately into another that's that that's what i'm excited to see
0: yeah, and, and you bring up the point about basketball. You bring up the NBA and you bring up Major League Baseball. And that's one of the things I write about, I wrote about in the article about Tom Brady, where you, kind of, you, you have to kind of look outside of the NFL and look at how great he is. Like, you don't have to like him. It's the same thing I say about LeBron James. You don't have to like him as a person. Because one of the things that I've always preached on this show and beyond it is that likability peaks at high school. Because in high school, you kind of worry about people like you because you want to try to fit in. When you become an adult and you, and you graduate, you go into the real world, you kind of got to toss that out the window and, and respect their talents. And when you look at other sports, I used, I'll i just use one name I used as Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is the, the, the best. You don't have to know much about hockey. It's the first time we've ever talked about hockey. Probably, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think we all deserve a cookie for that, both of us. And and you have to kind of look at that and like, he's the best hot, he's the best player ever to put on skates. And that's kind of like what Tom Brady. He could be the best guy to ever take the huddle as the quarterback. Because if you look at if you look at Wayne Gretzky and his NHL records, I I wrote it in, you know, in the piece. Is that literally? There's really nobody in the area to catch Wayne Gretzky. As great as Sidney Crosby is, as great as you know Evgeny Malkin, as great as Ovechkin is, they may not catch Gretzky. No. It's a generational talent thing. And and as much people give flack for LeBron, LeBron has gone to ten NBA Finals. And people are like, oh, well, you can – oh, it's the East. Listen, this is what I say about competition. And we can make the argument about Tom Brady or how soft the AFC is. I've always said this. You don't control who you play, okay? You can't – listen, if the people say it's an easier path, that's not your responsibility. You're not in charge of making the schedule. You're, you're, you know, the commissioner – the league, they're responsible for all of that. So when I hear when I hear people complain about how easy it was to get there, that's not on. That should not have an impact on the legacy of, of any great player. Because I, you could argue, listen, you look at Jordan. People say, well, Jordan's path was t- was tougher, and I absolutely agree with that, because he had to go through Karl Malone, John Stockton, Clyde Drexler. He had to go through Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. He had to go through, remember, he had to go through Magic, you know, to get his first championship. So we can argue argue whose path was easier, harder. Those are, to me, semantics in the grand scheme of things. But at the end of the day, it should not take away the legacy because that's what great players do. And I say, at the end of the day, you look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady is essentially like LeBron in this regard. Notice when LeBron left Cleveland the first time. Because when he got to Cleveland, Cleveland, once again, you know, I, I, know, I know what you guys are saying. Well, it took him a week to go back on Cleveland. Well, listen, you took the over-under on that. Mm. I, hope, I hope you took the under. So, you know, you look at when he's with the, Cleveland, with, with the Cavaliers. He came in. They were terrible. The, the, the same year he got there, they make the playoffs. That's not a coincidence, Chris. That's, called, that's how good he is. And all of a sudden, when he leaves, they're terrible. And then when he goes to Miami, does this thing, then goes back to Cleveland, they win a title. He leaves again, and now you look at them now, and they're 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 going to be a lottery team for the next five to ten years. And I say, and look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady this year proved that maybe we gave too much credit to Bill Belichick. We gave too much credit. Because one of the things where Bill Belichick got exposed at, Chris, he couldn't draft skill position. He couldn't draft wide receiver. If you think about Wes Walker, well, he had to trade for Yeah, He had to sign. He really didn't draft anybody. I believe one of the last, I think the only player still in the league that he drafted is Braxton Berrios, and he's with the Jets. Poor guy. Yeah, so that's how Belichick drafts. And we're thinking, oh, well, this is Brady, this is Belichick all the way. So when Brady took his talents, like LeBron, ironically, he took them to Florida, he took them, you know, in Tampa. All of a sudden, New England got exposed. They got kind of exposed, and people say, well, COVID, well, you can make the case that COVID affected every single team in the league. So it boils down to talent. And at the end of the day, if you don't have talent, you're not going to do great. And Look at New, New England, their first losing season since Chris, quite possibly since we were in high school.
1: That's the last. It, time is, I- it is. It is heartwarming. It really is because Patriot fans, I think, are probably. I would say they're just as obnoxious, if not more, than Ohio State fans. But the difference is, is at least Patriot fans have a reason to be obnoxious because they actually win when they go to championship games. And to to circle back what you were talking about, about you know the, the the Patriots having an easy ride and you can't control your schedule. If you remember we talked about that in college ball. And I and and I specifically brought up the Big Ten and and again, and again yeah, I mean we're we're already trashing the state of Ohio. It did, did not take long. And I said my biggest problem with Ohio State is that yes, they can beat Cincinnati up and Nebraska and Northwestern, except for this year, they actually struggled against them. You know, they can beat all of these low-end teams. And it's just like with the Patriots. Yes, they steamrolled the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills. and, And they have that easy walk into the playoffs or into a bowl game, circling back to college ball. But the problem is, is they get into that bowl game and they don't win. Yeah, and, and that and and we talked about that about Ohio State's record, specifically against the SEC and it's not good. I I, I think the winning percentage was less than 15. that's that's anything uh, last time I checked at least in Florida Public schools 59 and below, you got a big old fat F uh, you got when you're down in the 15s, you might need to go to get some remedial help. And uh, the one thing I will say with the Patriots as much as it pains me is that yes, they had an easy path. Through the AFC East, let's face it, they always got to the playoffs and just smoke checked anybody and everybody they played and then did the same damn thing in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, Brady's been there 10 times and has won uh, seven. You know, he has two losses to, uh, to Eli and then to, uh, to Nick Foles. But to have a 70% winning percentage going for multiple national titles. That's unheard of. I mean, if if you really break down some of the the, the legendary athletes that we talked about, uh, you look at LeBron James. He's what four and four and eight, I think, for uh, you know for for title runs or so. Or so I, I know he's he's operating in a deficit, and I'm not picking on him. But when you look at the grand scheme of of team sports, uh, you, you know you look at Jordan. He he went undefeated. He he went to six national titles and won six national titles granted he did cut his career a little short uh and and we we all know why unfortunately from the save the last dance uh documentary um but just the fact that and just like you said that you know we gave all this credit to bilicek and how great of a mastermind bilicek was yes he can call plays and and do that with the best of them he does suck at drafting and that was proven and Brady left, and the whole team goes to hell in a handbasket. And arguably, Belichick gets a more athletic quarterback with Cam Newton. He might not have the the arm capability. I, I think he has a stronger arm, just not as an accurate arm as Brady. Um, but definitely a more mobile and and physical quarterback than Brady was. We we don't see Brady running outside the pocket or trying to drive one up the middle for a touch now. Let's. Let's get that out of the way. That's just not who he is as a style. But you know, Belichick arguably had a more athletic quarterback and did less. So that that speaks. Like I said, is I I it, it hurts me to say these things, but you know, Brady was the act. Look at Tampa. They were eight and eight last year, I think, with under uh, uh, with old crab legs. And look at them now. They're playing for the Super Bowl. You know, I I bet you this time last year they were not talking about a Super Bowl uh, game. Bruce Arians was not sitting in his house like, man, I'm going to be in the Super Bowl next year. We know that's not going to happen. So it's just, it, it's outright amazing about how how it, it really works. And when you have these superstars like a Brady or a LeBron or a uh, a Jordan that go and win these multiple titles on multiple teams, you know, minus Jordan, but, you know, they, they go and do that. It's just it's amazing. It, and and it's and it's cool because this is something we might not see in our lives again. Maybe with Patrick Mahomes, but you know, the league is
0: getting more and more competitive. Yeah, and you know what? Chris you hit the nail on the head right there. I always say this. <clears throat> Appreciate greatness because you may never see it again. Because there's a good chance. And listen, I'm not going to speculate Brady's career. Brady could play another 5 years if he wanted to. Brady,
1: could, on a sidebar, real quick, do you think he's a vampire like Tom Cruise?
0: You know, you know, if you look at the parallels, Chris. I mean,
1: <sighs> they don't age. They're I mean, athletic.
0: Yeah, if you really think about it, Tom Cruise did his own stunts, and you see Mission Impossible. Like, you, listen, like, look, he had this man's just like Brady. he's worth millions of dollars, Chris. Listen, you ain't got to prove to me or the audience or your fans, that you can do it. No, we're good. And this man's scaling buildings like he's Spider-Man. This man's out here thinking he's Jack Bauer from 24. Even Jack Bauer, even, it looks like he for Sutherland, he didn't do his own stunts. But Tom Cruise did. Brady's doing his own stunts. He's taking those hits. Blaine Gabbert's not taking it for him. So it's remarkable, Chris. You know, that's why I say you Tom Brady... You have to look at, like I say, you have to look at his career in the same way that you kind of look at, look at Michael Jordan's career. Michael Jordan retired for three years and came back and played for two more years. He had nothing to prove. If Michael Jordan was a Hall of Famer the minute he stepped off the court as a Chicago Bull for the last time. He had nothing to prove. Just like Brady, Brady could retire. He could, Brady could have retired two years ago. And Hall of Fame first ballot. The thing is, Chris, with Tom Brady, Tom Brady is competitive because if you know his story, which I, you know, like I said, I I keep pumping the article, but I'm going to because his life is just very fascinating. When he went to Michigan, Chris, he was the fifth string quarterback at Michigan, at Michigan. And all of a sudden he gets he rises. And he has his best game against, you know, Alabama, I believe it was the Orange Bowl, to, to finish his senior season and his career in Michigan. So he started at the, like, like Drake, he started from the bottom and then he, and he was here. So, you know, anything like I'm throwing a Drake reference. Uh, I feel good about myself. Oh, so now we're here. You know, and you get to sing it. I'll just say it because I know my limitations. So, but by the way, that's not bad though, Chris. Not bad. We'll we'll, we'll get in more of that later. But the point is, Chris, is, is that whether he's a vampire, whether he sleeps upside down, whether, you know, whatever he does, like his diet, it's like you have. Look, at look, I say. When you want to be the best, Chris, you're willing to sacrifice to be the best. There are some people and whether I don't care what industry or what field it's in. You have to make sacrifices. To be, If you want to be just a guy who you know wants to play the game and earn money. And listen, there's plenty of dudes in the league in and, and any sport that does that. But it takes something special. Because we got to remember, going back to Jordan, Jordan didn't exactly come out of the gate and win a championship. You know, Jordan didn't, you know, Jordan didn't win his championship until he was 25. And, and ironically enough, Patrick Mahomes won his first championship. When he was, I believe he was 25. So the point is, Chris, is, is that it's not where you start your career. It's how you end it. Because there's just some – when you looked at LeBron in high school, Chris, you knew he was going to be an all-time great. When, when I saw arguably probably one of the best running backs I've ever seen, Adrian Peterson out of Oklahoma, I knew that guy was going to be a Hall of Famer. There's just some th- players, Chris, where you watch them play – whether it's in high school or college. And even, you know, in the pros where they're building up, you know that, like, you know what, they're going to be an all-time great. And, and to shift gears, we, to talk about Patrick Mahomes, like nobody really, there was really no radar on Patrick Mahomes because he went to Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech is the school that has the great air raid offense. You know, a lot of great you know, quarterbacks, have, quarterbacks have come through there and slung it for like 10 billion yards. And then, so so, who's Patrick Mahomes? Well, you knew who knew about Patrick Mahomes? Andy Reid did. This, this is where I say, Chris, scouting and all of that comes into play. And it's important. Because in that same draft, think about it. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Mitchell Trubisky. So, if you're the Bears, the Bears didn't send anybody to go see Deshaun Watson. And if you're a Bears fan, and If you read the story, they didn't send a scout to win the show in the national championship game. They didn't send a scout. And you wonder why the Bears are not great at quarterback now. Because it's who's running your front office? It's what I say about the Chiefs. These two organizations here, the Chiefs and the Bucks, the credit that I'll give is this. When you look at the Chiefs, Chris. You know, from the you know, from Andy Reid up to the front office to Clark Hunt, the ownership, to general manager, Brent Veach, Chris, they Patrick Mahomes, they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes in the middle of the first round. And and when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, Chris, that feels like a bargain. It feels like you know, when you go to the store, and you see like that bargain bin when you first walk into the store,
1: yeah, that
0: was like Patrick and in the grand scheme of things, that was like Patrick Mahomes. Like you're trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. You know, you're, you're trying to find, well, who's going to be a great, and they say, well, Patrick Holmes is going to be great because he was he was afforded the opportunity, and this is important. He sat behind a veteran guy about some who we talked about some time ago, Alex Smith, when Alex Smith was in Kansas City. Alex Smith was the guy you could learn from. He Alex Smith could win you games, but Alex Smith maybe couldn't have gotten to a championship that does not take away from his career. It is a mate in his life, you know, comeback player of the year. I think there's no argument there. But Andy Reid knew what he was doing. And you look at the Bucks When Bruce Arians made – Bruce Arians, to me, made a, a very, very – people say it was an easy decision, but I don't think it as was easy. He made a decision to let go of a guy in Jameis Winston, who, yes, Chris, threw a lot of interceptions. But when you do the comparison, Chris, of, of Winston's last season and Brady's last season in, in uh, New England – the numbers weren't that far off, Chris. The trade-off, at the, if you look at it from a purely numerical perspective, wasn't that far off. So Bruce Arian said, you know what? Jameis has to go. And was willing to bring in Tom Brady. And more importantly, understand his value and have Tom Brady have a say in what, how the offense is ran. And to me, it's a testament to also kind of sneak in how great of a job that Byron Lef, which is the offensive coordinator is essentially calling plays for Tom Brady, understanding what Tom's capability is, because, because let's face it, like we, we used to think like Josh McDaniels was this great smart guy, and Josh McDaniels had Cam Newton, and I don't want to say I I, yeah, I, I don't want to say exposed and you know pants on the ground, but you know I guess that's the best analogy I could think of. But but my biggest thing is Chris is that when I look at the you know, quarterback matchup, I also look at the sideline matchup. Chris, we got two sixty-year-old dudes in a league that hires younger coaches. Bruce Arians did become a, a head coach full time until he was sixty-one years old. A head coach.
1: And then you look and, at Sean McVay. I think I I think I'm even older than Sean McVay. Yeah,
0: we both are. Yeah. <laughs> And like Sean McVay is like Doogie Hauser shows up and gets a job running Kansas, running the the Rams. But Bruce A's didn't get his first break as a head coach until he was in his 60s. And he has a chance to be the oldest coach to win a Super Bowl. And this this game, Chris, is full of stories, it's full of a journey. And, And I'm like you, I'm just excited because we're seeing greatness, we're seeing the future. And I'm not going to say the past because I, I think Brady could play another year, but you're seeing the present versus the future. Is that in a league where the quarterback position is going to be more and more valuable, and a lot of more a lot of great quarterbacks are going to start coming up, like a Josh Allen. And you still got Russ. You still got so many great quarterbacks coming up. Where it, you may not see this matchup again. You may not. So I say appreciate it. For all it's worth, because like I talk about, you know, when I wrote about Bruce Arians and Andy Reid, I appreciate these coaches. Like Andy Reid, all those years in Philly, who I will argue, those Philly fans, listen, they boo Santa Claus, Chris. They boo. Let, Cr- let, let me it. see. I can actually
1: comment on this. I go ahead. I, I, I have insight living, living in the area now and some all of my friends up here naturally that I've made over time the past couple years die hard eagles fans i mean they will swing from swing from the fucking rafters as as eagles fans and they're just the most savage and uncivilized fan base i think i've just ever met i've i've been to a game i've i questioned reality at a few points I uh I have seen people just do all sorts of weird things <laughs> and they if you ever want to talk about buyer's remorse or something like a remorseful act Eagles fans like you know the meme that's on Facebook and Twitter and all over the place of Wolverine holding uh the picture lying in oh,
0: bed Oh yeah
1: <laughs> it, it it's like, if you could dress that Wolverine in an Eagles costume and that picture of Andy Reid, it's the most accurate depiction because every Eagles fan I met, I regret getting rid of him. And I, I think the city, the general management, they, they did him wrong, you know, and they didn't realize how honestly good of a coach he was until he was gone. And they had some, they had talent. They had, they had the capability it just he had a, it's just a tough road, you know. what was a quarterback when he was there? Uh uh Steve McNair. You know, I mean, dude was a stud. It's just unfortunately there were other studs in the NFL that had more complete teams. And you know, Reed goes in to Kansas City, and it's like you talk about with Bilichek. Bilichek's a great coach. He's a terrible recruiter, terrible drafter. Andy Reed I definitely would say he's not an average coach. He's an above average coach that knows how to draft. He knows how to scout. And I think it's like when we when we talked about the difference between collegiate and, and NFL coaches and how sometimes you know, with Harborough, Harborough is not a collegiate quarterback. He is someone that expects when you get to your job, you know how to do it and he doesn't have to baby you. And I think that's how Belichick is is a coach and why he succeeds coaching but maybe not drafting and then you look at some college coaches who excel at you know coddle I don't want to call it coddling but we'll call it, you know coddling nurturing you know allowing these players to thrive compared to some other coaches and Andy Reid is like that hybrid he's like that blend of that he can take and mold young malleable athletes into super bowl winning quarterbacks and i think Patrick Mahomes definitely uh you know, is 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 a walking proof.
0: And and the thing is, Chris, to to piggyback what you said about the Eagles, real quick. You know what happened in Philly, and what I always say is is that when it came to Philly, Philly, I think with Andy Reid, like they had they drafted Donovan McNabb, and I believe they, they booted it. But McNabb had a serviceable career. But Andy Reed, listen, this is the, Andy Reed the same dude and this is what I say what Eagles fans think about it? He gave you Nick Foles the first time. Okay, he 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 went out and got Nick Foles. He he got Nick Foles. And he went out, saw him, got him. And Nick Foles did well the first time around. And then by the way, he came back and won you guys a Super Bowl. So Andy Reid, in a way, was, is still, was still a huge part of the Eagles organization. But I digress. What I like about Andy Reid is, is that Andy Reid develops great coordinators and he develops great players. The, he, to me, Chris, yeah, the, the tree. It, he he's
1: he, he's like the tree of life for some of these guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is what I say. When people talk about the Belichick tree, and oh, I also I I discuss the fact that Chris is that look at the Belichick tree. Who's the most successful coach that Belichick ever got? And, and you know and you know the answer is It's Bill O'Brien, and he got fired because he he basically offered a Diet Coke machine and fifty dollars for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> so, that's it. That's the best coach Belichick had. And he was just a... Cr- so my point is, look at, look at the Andy Reid tree. Sean McDermott in the playoffs. Ron Rivera made the playoffs. John Harbaugh made the playoffs, but he has a Super Bowl. The point is, Chris, is that Andy Reid flat out building the tree and developing talent. And for the record, he was also... Todd Bowles worked under... Andy Reid in and Philly as a secondary coach and interim defensive coordinator. So this matchup, so many storylines, and at the end of the day, Chris, it's going to be just as equally watching it in between the lines as it is going to be on the sidelines. And another key matchup for me, outside of the quarterback and the coaching, it's going to be and you talked about defense early on in the show, is that you know Todd Bowles he's under that Dungy. Kind of tree, you know, kind of he's more so there because he spent a majority of his career under Tony Dungy is that Tampa 2 style defense. And one of the things you got to have with that Tampa 2 defense, you're going to have great linebackers and a, and a very good secondary. And the linebackers, that Devin Bush kid they drafted and that Shaquille Barrett, those are two pretty good linebackers. The key for <laughs> the key is going to be what is Todd Bull going to do with his linebackers? Is he going to send them on the blitz? We're going to put them in coverage. Where they, you? Because you have to see where they are on the field, because that's going to be the matchup, and that's going to be between Eric Bieniemy slash Andy Reid versus Todd Bowles on the defense on the, for the Bucks. That how do you? What's the matchup going to be? Because Chris, I said I I said it on Twitter, and I say it again, the Chiefs. It feels like they just have a four by one hundred relay team. They're just so full of speed. It's and that young second, that Tampa secondary, as good as it is. They're kind of like in the average half of the league in passing defense. Like they can give up some yards, so that to me is something to to look out for for me personally. And and if they can, and if the Bucs can generate a blitz, because listen, Eric Fisher, the All Pro, you know, left tackle, you know, he's not, he's going to be a game with his, with an Achilles, and Mike Remens, the veteran, is going to be there. So that so you have a kind of an advantage there if you're JPP. Aim on that, you know, on that defensive line. At the end of the day, Chris, I expected, you know, I'll put it like this: if you ask me today to take the over/under, I heard, I heard, have heard many people say take the under, but you know, I'm like Bruce Arians. I'm a no risk, I'm a you no know, risk it, no biscuit type guy because I like biscuits. So I would say take the over because the Chiefs' secondary outside of Teron Matthew. And, you know, in Breland. There's capable. And listen, we've seen Kansas City give up some points. So, at the end of the day, Chris, you know, as we get into our prediction time, I, you know, I hate it because I really, I really, you know, with Tom Brady, I I, I rooted for Tom Brady, and I'm a Falcons fan. And I'm probably going to get a letter from Atlanta probably in the near future. But, you know, or from the Falcons organization, but I, I believe that Kansas City's going to win, and I think. But I don't. But if uh, if you ask me, I would say plus three for the Bucks because I think the Bucks are going to lose by a, a point. It's going to come down to a field goal, in my opinion. It's going to come down between the special teams, mm-hmm. and if you had to give, if I had to give out a score, third. 34-33. That's my score. What about you, buddy?
1: So, like in many things, I'm splitting the goalpost with you. And uh, I think Tampa does it. I think that we see a, an epic showdown of the quality of lightsaber battle of episode three of Star Wars with Obi-Wan and Anakin. And unfortunately, Tom Brady is the Obi-Wan of the situation right now. And he has the high ground, I think. And as young and exuberant as Mahomes is, Brady has the X factor. He's been there. He's done that. And if all else fails, let's just say uh, Chris Godwin has his butterfingers. Fournette can't get a run going. Evans is just double and triple coverage the whole game. Just as Tony Stark said, I'm throwing some serious movie references out on this one. Loki said, I have an army. And Tony Stark said, and we have a Hulk. And Tom Brady, his Hulk is Gronkowski. If all else fails, and we saw it a couple games ago, Chris Godwin was shit in the bed. He just played a little pitch and catch with, uh, with Gronk and marched it right upfield and scored. And I think that's going to be the factor. I think that it's going to be a close game. Like you said, it's going to be a shootout. Even though I was just bragging up Tampa's defense, like you said, their secondary is questionable. I think this is going to be a shootout. And uh, I think it's going to be uh, – both teams are going to be somewhere in the 30 to 35 points a game. And I got Tampa winning by a touchdown.
0: mm. Mm. you know, you know. First of all, I appreciate the uh, the references there. I had, listen, I had Avengers and Star Wars on one shot. Listen, I guess I do the music references. I guess you do the movie references. I guess that's how, I guess that's how this partnership works. Is that I'll just do the music references, and and you do the movies. And you know, and you bring up a good point about Gronk. But I will say this. Yes. Yeah. While they have a Gronk, the Chiefs have a Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. And there's nobody on the field, just like with Gronk, that can guard Travis Kelsey. This man had a 100-yard game. I, I can't, can't deny that.
1: But the only <laughs> difference betwe- excuse me, between Gronk and Kelsey is Gronk, I think, has the edge on high-pressure situations. Because of the amount of times that he's gone to the Super Bowl. He's been here. Now, granted, yes, Kelsey does have a ring. I'm not denying that. But Gronk has a few more to his collection. And he's got a very cerebral quarterback in Tom Brady. Not again, not picking on Mahomes. And I think Mahomes is gonna have many great years ahead of him. I just I think this one, I think it it's gonna boil down to experience how to handle how to handle the fight you know uh you're gonna have someone that they're gonna get a little ambitious and they're gonna maybe try that extra mile and that's where i think that that tampa bay can walk in with the leadership that they have from some of the players on their roster and be able to 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 seal the deal
0: you know all i'll say is this about Gronk: there's another advantage that Gronk has over kelsey and you know what that is chris He's you part know, robotic. Yeah. Also, fun fact, Gronk is a WWE champion. So Ooh, yeah, I forgot so, about that. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, I'm the huge wrestling guy, so I had to throw in wrestling and listen, you're the movie guy. I have to be the something guy. So I'm the miscellaneous guy. But so but what I will say is that Chris, overall this matchup, and we really didn't talk about because it was it's obvious we talk about Tyreek Hill and Mike Evans, to me, it felt obvious that, you know, they're going to be important. We talk about things that, you know, X factors. And you look at the tight ends, Chris, and you bring up a point. Gronk could go down, to me, he's the top three tight end of all time. And I get flack, and I'm like, well, what do you say? Look at his numbers. I say, this is what I always say. I think you've seen it on social media say it. It's about quality, not quantity. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, Chris, you know, you know, Tra- Kelsey could easily end up being a top-five tight end all the time. But that's also an X-factor matchup. So, to wrap up, once again, just like if we go out to dinner, we split the check. <laughs> you're going with – We're traditional. Going with, tradition- <laughs> we are traditional. You know, Chris, we're traditionalist and we're classy. Maybe Ohio doesn't feel that way. yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you know – they'll be alright, yeah, it's alright they'll They'll get over. they'll get a championship maybe when our grandkids, you know, maybe at some point when there's flying cars but, but so once again those are our Super Bowl picks, those are what we think we're excited and you guys hope have a great Super Bowl Sunday and until you hear us again next week with when we talk about it again I'm Ladarius and I'm Chris be real, be you, be blessed and more importantly, be safe from all of us here Watching the World Podcast and Happy Super Bowl weekend. See ya!